0: Welcome to the CW Sports Show Podcast. it sounds a little different today, it's because I am at IG Field for today's show. And on the show, the podcast, you'll hear from Johnny Augustine thrust into the spotlight at the running back position for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. How does he feel about taking center stage in the upcoming Labor Day Classic? Bob Irving pulls over the side of the highway. Reception is spotty at first, but then it kicks into gear. We'll be fine as we preview the Labor Day Classic. As well, a huge volleyball tournament coming up Next week in Winnipeg, preview that with the Executive Director of Volleyball Manitoba on the podcast. All right, so we got a lot of football to get to on the show today. We'll start, of course, with the Labor Day Classic. It's coming up Sunday afternoon in Regina. To help us preview that, we're joined on the line by Winnipeg Blue Bomber running back Johnny Augustine. Johnny, how excited are you for the Labor Day Classic? Uh,
1: I'm really excited. Uh, just for the game in general and just for the uh, opportunity.
0: <laughs> what's the craziest, I guess, fan atmosphere you've ever been a part of in your football career? Uh, the biggest fan, you said? Yeah, like what's the craziest environment you've ever played football in?
1: Um, I would say probably um, last year uh, when I was at the playoffs against Saskatchewan. It was our first-round game. That was definitely a big experience and a big moment, you know. So just, you know, experiencing that for the first time definitely was uh, an eye-opener. Like, obviously, you know, college played some big games, but playing there at their home field, 30,000 people, that was definitely uh, something that definitely opened my eyes.
0: And it helps you prepare for what it's going to be like this weekend. What's it like practicing with crowd noise?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's definitely, you know, usually you go to practice and um you know you have a few fans not as distracting but with the crowd noise you know it's definitely communication is key so that's the biggest thing because we know that in Saskatchewan it gets very loud so um just having that definitely gets us prepared and just you know making sure that everyone's on the same page and that we're all communicating um together as a team as a team how
0: do you how do you feel about the opportunity that you're going to get here to handle the ball more often than you have so far this season?
1: Um, you know, just like I mentioned to like, you know, anyone else, it's obviously it's you know it's an opportunity, but at the end of the day, you know, the biggest thing is you know trying to help my team win, whether it's run the ball, uh, blocking, or whatever it may be. You know, as as each week goes by, it's, it's still the same same process
0: what have you learned from Andrew Harris practicing with him, talking to him just as a, a running back practicing his craft?
1: Yeah. I mean, you know, like I always mention to anyone, you know, he's, he's a legend. He's definitely, you know, one of the greatest ones in in the league and in, in the league history. And just to get the opportunity to, you know, practice behind him and seeing what he does, you know, it's, it's definitely a great experience. You know, like I mentioned to any, anybody else, it's, you know, how smart he is as a football player, right? It's it's the attention to details, like watching film and tendencies and all that stuff. So that's the biggest takeaway that I've uh, gotten from, uh, you know, backing up Andrew and just learning from from him.
0: Now I'm at a university football game right now, the Bisons and Huskies. Do you still follow how the Guelph Griffins do?
1: (laughs) Yeah, all the time. Obviously I'm an alumni now, so – I was pretty uh, pretty upset that they lost their first game uh, last week. So, uh, But, you know, I train with a lot of those guys in the offseason. That's where I live in the offseason as well. So, you know, I'm always following them um, day in and day out all the time.
0: Now, is it a problem that I went to Western? Is it, Are we going to have a problem there? <laughs> I'm not a, a big Western fan. <laughs> so I'm a, i not going to hate on you,
1: but I'm not going to say you're my favorite. <laughs>
0: that's all right. That's all right. No, my mom went to Guelph, so we're all good. Um, and all how right. about the fact that your coach went to Guelph? Is, did you ever talk about that when you went back to Guelph to practice earlier in the season?
1: Um, we don't really talk about that. I mean, obviously, you know, it's nice that there's a couple of Guelph alumni on the staff. At the end of the day, once again, it's, you know, we're just, we're there. We're trying to focus on our, you know, our craft and our skills, so... I mean, like I said, it's nice to to have that, but at the end of the day we all have one goal here.
0: Mhm. Now how I guess exciting is it to go into this environment? Is it any I know that the bombers always say every game's the same, but is this game really the same?
1: Um, yeah. Like I said, it doesn't matter, Labor Day, all that stuff, you know, can't focus on that. At the end of the day it's football, right? So need to focus on that and um you know, i try not to let all that stuff get in the way
0: okay well johnny i appreciate you coming on the show tonight best of luck sunday and uh go to the bombers proud all right
1: thank you very much and have yourself a good one
0: we're gonna continue to preview the labor day classic now bob irving is on his way to regina
2: bob where are you right now i just pulled over the highway friend said Reginald.
0: Sorry, I might have dropped out there. The Bison just scored a touchdown. So it got really loud here. I didn't hear Bob there, but all right, Bob. Just uh how exciting is this for you? I know you've been calling football for a very long time, but it must feel awesome when you get into a crowd environment like what it'll be in, on Sunday.
2: Well, this is always a special game for us. I come out here. You know, the atmosphere is very unique. There's none quite like it in the Canadian Football League. Although the Banjo Bowl is very similar, and uh, you know it's a grudge match between these two clubs. And boy, this is the first time I think since 1954 that the Bombers and Riders have played in this game and both been in the top two in the West Division standings. So, uh, you know that makes it a little bit uh, extra delicious, I think, this time. But yeah, it's a it's a game that you mark on the calendar every year and that you look forward to look forward to watching and calling
0: but for the last, you know, decade and a half, it's pretty much been a guaranteed win for the Rough Riders. They've won 13 of their last 14, and I don't know nobody on the Bombers will say they think about that, but why is it so tough for the Bombers to win in Regina lately?
2: Yeah, I don't know. You go If you go back before those 14 years, uh, the Bombers actually had pretty good success in the Labor Day weekend game. Christian, I, I don't know what the answer to, to the way they'd like to because it's so noisy and they have to use hand signals and that you know, adds to the challenge of getting your offense as fluid and as in sync as you'd like it to be. I would point out, though, that in Michael Shea's years as Bomber head coach since 2014, the Bombers have played eight games, eight meaningful games in Regina, and they've won four of them, and that includes the Western semifinal last year. So, you know, I know what the Labor Day weekend record is, but the Bombers have had some success in Regina And uh, I don't know if that means anything going into the game this Sunday, but it's something to fall back on, I think.
0: Now, they're obviously at a disadvantage compared to where they would have been a couple weeks ago. No Matt Nichols, no Andrew Harris. It'll be Chris Straveler, Johnny Augustine, as we all predicted at the start of the season. How much does that damper their opportunity to win this game, or is it really that big a deal considering how important their defense has been to winning football games?
2: Well, I think it is a big deal. I think with Matt Nichols and Andrew Harris, in the game you know the Bombers are simply a better team Christian there I don't think anybody would argue with that uh you know we'll see what Johnny Augustine can do he's been very impressive running the ball whenever he's had a chance to play but this will be a full game now whether or not he can do all the things that Andrew Harris did which is the blocking and making sure everybody's assignments sound uh, that's another question entirely I think he'll run the ball quite effectively and then with Strebler, you know, the big question is, what are they going to do with him in this game? Is, is he going to be a running back again the way he was in the Edmonton game? Because certainly the Riders will gear up to take that away. So I think for sure Strebler is going to have to throw the ball more effectively in this game than he did last weekend. But the Bombers are undermanned going in here. There's no doubt about it. They don't have Jackson Jeffcoat, who's probably their well, their second best pass rusher behind Willie Jefferson, I guess. Uh, they will get darvin adams back but they're still missing brandon alexander who's a key player in their secondary and uh so they you know they go in as the underdogs they're six and a half point underdogs and you know i think when you look at everything surrounding the game they should be but they were underdogs in edmonton last week too and look what happened there so i'm not selling them short yeah i just think that the challenge is heightened this week with uh, andrew harris out
0: well in question of that saskatchewan offense you want to compare it to edmonton's offense i think anyone would take trevor harris over cody fajardo but what has it been for the riders that has allowed them to be so successful with fajardo at the quarterback position has he surprised you with how successful they've been
2: Oh, sure he has, yeah. I mean, his first two years in the league, he was in Toronto, and he was basically uh, a short yardage quarterback. Then he went to BC, same thing there. He never really got a chance to play for either of those teams. The Riders signed him as a free agent to back up Zach Colaris. and when Colaris went down, really, they were only left with Cody Fajardo. He's all they had, and so they threw him into the fire, and, man, has he ever been good? I, I think everybody in the league is surprised at how good he's been. He did have uh, spectacular numbers in college, but until a guy gets the kind of chance he's getting now, you never really know. And, you know, he's really grabbed everybody's attention across the Canadian Football League. The one thing he does, Christian, in addition to throw the ball well, and he's got a really good arm, is he can run. And he's used that as a, a very uh, a good weapon that just adds to the things they can do on offense. So, yeah, I think we're all surprised at what Fajardo has done. I'm anxious to see what the Bombers come up with on defense uh to see what they you know how they're going to try to throw him off his game because I know that they feel they can get him off his game and we'll see if that happens or not
0: does willie jefferson strike you as the kind of guy that'll be extra juiced to go back into mosaic the place where he found so much success over the past few years
2: and stick it to his old team in a word yes uh, we spoke to <laughs> willie <laughs> we spoke to willie about that today and he said I've got nothing to prove uh, but he said, you know, I'll be fired up. I love that crowd and the atmosphere and the excitement. And uh, I don't know if he's any more fired up than he was in Edmonton last week. You know, to have a better game than that is almost incomprehensible. But, yeah, I think he'll play with a little more edge on uh, on the weekend in Regina. They uh, were his team last year, and I don't think they made a, as much of an attempt to sign him back as he might have liked. So I, I think there's going to be a little bit of a chip on his shoulder. You
0: mentioned the injuries. Is Craig Rowe back?
2: Yes, Craig Rowe will be back. Darvin Adams is back. Those are the only two that I'm certain will be back from injury. And, uh, you know, they'll have be happy to have Craig Rowe back. He was playing very well before he went out. And then Jonathan Kongbo has come in and played well. And, of course, Rick Hansen has been uh, a pleasant surprise when he goes in and plays defensive end. So they'll have that rotation working. The guys who don't get enough credit are Greg Nevis and and Richardson, the rookie. Yeah. Nevis has been sensational this year. I mean, he's he's playing like an all-star. He really is. And I know people across the league, the ones, the football people, know how good he is. I don't think we talk about him enough. He has been a, just a real force on that defensive line. Yeah, very steady, yep.
0: Uh, just your thoughts on uh, some news today before I let you go. Alex Singleton released by the Philadelphia Eagles. What do you think his chances of ending up back in a CFL uniform in the not-too-distant future are?
2: Yeah, I'm surprised at that because from everything we heard, he was having a really good camp there, you know, and he's playing on special teams and making lots of tackles. I I think, Christian, it's an illustration of just how deep the talent pool is on these national football league teams. Now my guess is Singleton will wait for a week or two and uh, see if anybody else has any interest in him. I, I would think he'd get another chance with somebody uh so it'll be a while and I don't think he'll come back anytime soon as well as he's played from what we hear in the preseason he's got to think somebody else is going to give him a chance
0: would Calgary have the first rights to
2: get him back no no he's a free agent he's okay. uh, he can go where, he can go wherever he wants you know he can rule out Winnipeg because they have a guy named Adam Bigel playing middle linebacker right. but uh if he decides to come back I guess Calgary would go after him, although Greenwood's playing so well for them at middle linebacker. Uh, but my guess would be that would be his first choice. Whether that turns out that way, I don't know.
0: Yeah, it's, I guess it's not great news for the Bombers wherever he ends up because it won't be here. And Chris Matthews getting signed by Montreal, not surprising that it took, you know, less than two days for him to find a new home.
2: No, I think we all expected that. You know, there are teams in this league who, you know, are in the need of receivers. And of course the delicious part of that is the Bombers play Montreal twice before the year is over. So there's another sort of subplot we'll have around those Bomber Alouette games. And I say good for Chris, you know, he's a, he's a good guy. He was a good teammate. Everybody on the, on the team liked him. It's just the business of football. The Bombers decided to go in another direction. Now, He gets another chance, as we knew he would. And he's with Kahari Jones and that that outstanding young uh, Montreal team and their offense with Adams at quarterback. And so I think he's going to get a chance to really shine, and uh, we'll see if he still has it. I mean, there are lots of questions about him because he wasn't productive in Winnipeg, but I think he's going to get a great chance to be productive in Montreal. All
0: right, Bob, I appreciate you taking time to pull over and talk to me tonight. We'll let you get back on the road.
2: Okay, thanks, Christian.
0: That is the one and only Bob Irving joining us on the highway on the way to Regina. Awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Coming up next week, the Norseca Championships. Preparations are underway right now. Some of the best volleyball players in the world are coming to Winnipeg. And here to explain what the tournament is all about is John Blatcher, Executive Director of Volleyball Manitoba. John, what are you up to right now?
3: Well, what I'm doing right now is I'm at the uh, Duckworth Centre, University of Winnipeg. We're laying down an international volleyball floor, uh, getting ready for the uh, North Sea uh, Continental Championship that uh, gets underway on Monday.
0: So tell me more about this tournament.
3: For sure, yeah. So it's an it's a event that's held every uh, second year. It's a biennial competition uh, uh, that our international zone uh, runs. Uh, called Norseka. So Nor- Norsica in the world is, is our world volleyball zone. Uh, includes the North American, Central American and the Caribbean countries. And it would be like Europe. Uh, the other uh, zones in the world are Europe, uh, Africa, Asia and South America. So this, this is our, as well as all the other ones are held at a similar time, our continental championship uh, involving uh, eight countries uh, next week. Canada, US, Cuba, Puerto Rico, Mexico, Dominican Republic, Guatemala and Suriname, and uh, there's also Olympic qualification uh, uh, component involved, uh, not a direct one, uh, but three teams from this event will advance to the final Northika qualification Olympic qualification tournament in January. So there's there's lots at stake for for Canada and the other countries.
0: So for those familiar with soccer, then it's basically like what CONCACAF would be for volleyball.
3: Exactly, yeah, Caf or obviously everyone's most yeah. familiar with, with Euro, right? So, right. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what it is for volleyball, yeah.
0: So how big a deal is it to have this right here in Manitoba and Winnipeg?
3: Well, we're pretty excited about the opportunity. Uh, we haven't had a, you know, as, as you might know, we, we hosted the men's national team for a number of years, up until 2008, at which point they left for Gatineau, Quebec. We were fortunate to host many competitions during that period. We hosted the women's national team, up until three years ago, and, and uh, but we haven't had an international men's event here since 2008, and uh, this is a great opportunity for us, and we're excited about it. Uh, we have Canada's best players uh, competing this weekend, uh, many who are in, in Rio at the Olympics in 2016, and many or many who hopefully will be at uh, at the Tokyo 2020 Olympics uh, next year.
0: So Canada comes in ranked second in Norsica. They are sixth right now in the world volleyball rankings uh the Americans obviously the favorite to win this tournament is that the expectation that Canada the US could meet in the final I think
3: it I, I think to me it's going to be uh it's going to be a showdown between Canada Cuba and the United States the United States might not have their top team here as they already are qualified for uh for Tokyo uh earlier in August they advanced but uh they're still good. If they send a second team or they're non-starters, uh, they're still going to be good. Um, you're, you'll also have Puerto Rico, Mexico challenging. I think for a top three spot as well. They uh, their top players are expected, and they're they're tough and they're feisty, and they play with a lot of passion and, and spirit, and and always hard to always hard to, to beat.
0: So obviously, you want to make the Olympics. That's the number one goal. But winning this thing's a pretty big deal too.
3: Over the years since 1969, uh, Canada's won one Norseka Championship. That was back in uh, 2015. Uh, all other champions have been U.S. and Cuba over the over the history. Uh, we would love another another Canadian uh, uh, championship, another uh, Canadian Norseka Championship uh, next uh, Saturday, September 7th, uh, with our guys uh, raising the trophy at the end of the event. No question.
0: What kind of crowds are you expecting?
3: Well, we're at the University of Winnipeg, so the capacity is 1,500. It's, uh, you know, it's a, it's a, it's, it's a great atmosphere. Um, you know, if we have 500 here, but I'm really hoping that we pull, uh, you know, especially later in the week, uh, that we that we're close to capacity here. And, and uh, you know, I just know uh, Winnipeggers and Manitobans love their volleyball, and, and uh, I know it's a tough time of year with back to school and and that type of thing but uh, I really hope people will take the opportunity to to come out and and uh, w- never never mind cheer on Canada but really witness uh, uh, international volleyball played at its highest level this is uh, you know th- this this might not come around for many many years and and I hope people take advantage of it
0: yeah so the schedule is uh, games at 1 3 6 and 8 p.m. Uh, Monday Tuesday Wednesday is a preliminary round Canada playing at 8 p.m. each of those days so Canada is not playing while you're at work. They're going to be there in the nighttime. So people can go to work and then check out some great volleyball.
3: For sure. Yeah, no question. And if people are interested in getting tickets, all the information is on our website, volleyballmanitoba.ca. uh, all the event information, how to park, uh, where the venue is, um, and ticket information, of course, uh, is, is all available at volleyballmanitoba.ca. And like you said, Canada scheduled to play feature matches each night. And, uh, uh, again, and really hoping we'll, we'll see a lot of sports, sports fans, volleyball fans uh, out next week.
0: All right, John, I appreciate your time today and good luck with this tournament.
3: Thank you very much. Appreciate it.
0: Tune in to the CGOB Sports Show weeknights from 7 to 9 with me, Christian O'Mell, or you can download the podcast on iTunes. It's actually on iTunes now. Wow. If you got an android then i dig you're out of luck but apple products you're good so listen to the podcast please subscribe you can rate it what's the worst that could happen